As the year draws to a close, we look back at some of the big issues of 2021. This interview was among the most popular business podcasts. Take a listen. Pete Fuyun, a leading investment specialist, joins us now to share his insights on the news that affects your assets. Pete is our regular Thursday Business Power Hour co-host. He is a value fund manager with CounterPoint. Pete, before we get into the details of some of the news developments this week, perhaps you could just recap for some of our listeners who are new to the Business Power Hour. What does a value investor do? We tend to buy assets at a discount to the present value of the future cash flows they will. We expect them to generate, um, and the cheaper the better. Um, the less the less you pay for, fu- for anything in the future, the better because we feel that the future is so unpredictable and unforecastable that um, we don't want to pay a lot for a for a rosy picture. Um, so we try and pay as little as possible. And every now and then you get opportunities to do that in different sectors and different assets. So you're a bit of a bargain hunter. Exactly, yeah. yeah. We like it when things go on sale. And where do you see things at the moment? Do you think things are on sale now or a bit overheated in South Africa? Uh, no, I think things are still pretty much on sale. Um, you know, as surprise are up quite a bit off the lows of last year, the pandemic uh, caused lows, but uh, they're not valuations, not stressed by any, by any stress of the imagination. I mean, I, I think valuations are... Reasonable and, and in some cases very very cheap. So we still think there's quite a few bargains around. Um, South Africa still is very much not uh, the flavour of the day. Um, most Africans would um, rather invest offshore than onshore, and understandably so. Uh, but I think that the pendulum has probably switched, uh, moved too far in one direction. Probably moves needs to move back a little bit at least to the other direction. So before we get into the details of the South African stocks that have been in the news today, the S&P 500 was on course to drop for a third consecutive day, according to the business premium partner, the Wall Street Journal. And where there's some talk that maybe the alarm is being rung that uh, the markets have hit the top in the U.S. What is your view on that? Do you watch that at all in terms of the macro trends? Yeah, I, yeah. So, so we try not predict uh, what's going to happen. Um, we'd rather play the cards as a dealt in front of us uh, and try and buy the assets that are cheap. Um, so what the U.S. market is going to do, I, I have no idea. If I had to guess, I would say that equity markets generally in the world will continue to go up. Um, I think fiscal conditions and monetary conditions are such that uh, it will be conducive for earnings going forward. And I think interest rates won't go up a huge amount. So I think that will be good for valuations. Um, so I think um, equities are, are fine. Um, personally, uh, we prefer to invest in places outside the US. We think the US is relatively more expensive than many other markets. We're finding the bargains, the things that are on sale are, are in other markets, not necessarily the US. But just as a, as a point of departure, I think equities are fine. I think they, you know, they, it's, it's a very comfortable place to be. La but Africa, has that been on your investment radar at all, Pete? Actually, no, uh, but I was fortunate enough to listen to the interview that Alec had with uh, Brian. Is his name Brian? Yes. Uh, Brian, Brian Van uh, Rooyen, yes. Yeah, Brian Van Rooyen, when he announced his foray into, uh, into, um, um, into alternative uh, <laughs> medicine, if you can put it that way. Um, and I think there's a space for that. I, I think that's a growing trend. I think um, it is quite popular. Uh, the only thing I would say is that 
it's hard to see any barriers to entry, at least in the short to medium term. Um, uh, there's no brands yet. And as brands get established, maybe there will be barriers to entry. But right now, I think it's very much a free-for-all. So today there was some news that uh, this cannabis-focused company is at risk of losing its license, its listing on the JSE because it has failed to comply with JSE listing requirements by submitting its statements on time. How seriously should shareholders take this development? I think that's serious. I, I think if a company, a company needs to explain very carefully why they're not producing financial statements on time, and uh, you know, and to the extent they haven't done so, I think they should do so as quickly as possible because it is quite serious. If you can't produce financials, that leaves question marks around the viability of the business. Is that one in your portfolio or not yet, Labat? No, it's not. It's not. And as a value investor, would you see this kind of opportunity as a, as a bargain opportunity or would this really be time to be cautious? Uh, look, I mean, if a company is struggling to produce financials, um, you you probably want to be cautious. I mean, Steinhoff is an example, case in point, that for two, three years couldn't produce financials and the share price just kept going down uh, all the way to, I think, at 1.50 or 60 cents. But there was a time there where the market was too negative. So I think uh, you probably have to wait Um and um, and uh, and evaluate the situation as time goes by, but uh, it's not something you'd run into right now, no. And Pete, what about Sunlum as an investment opportunity? Is that in your portfolio at all? No, it isn't. Uh, but it's one I'm having a good look at. Uh, it's uh, it is a very well run, well managed business. It got quite cheap during the pandemic. I still need to get my mind around how the insurance business dynamics play out into the long-term future. Um, they have had a tailwind of declining interest rates for quite a long time, which um, which helps the business. Um, I think if interest rates start going up over time, maybe, you know, maybe that's a bit of a headwind. I'm not quite sure. So it's something I'm thinking about, uh, but it is definitely something to evaluate because it is probably one of the, better insurance companies in South Africa at this point. I spoke to Paul Hanratty earlier uh, mm. about the deal in which Sunlum has bought uh, the life business from Alexander Forbes for 100 million rand. The Alexander Forbes business has annuity income of 1 billion rand, uh, which seems to be a bit of a bargain for Sunlum. Do you think that these kinds of deals will help boost Sunlum's uh, value in the long run? Look, in Sunlum's life, that's quite small. It, I don't think it's going to – it's not going to touch sides. I don't think it makes a big difference. I think it's the right home for that sort of business, seeing that Alexander Forbes has stated they want to be a capital-light business. Um, life insurance is a capital-heavy business. One needs to have adequate regulatory capital set aside when you write policies. So I think the natural home is Sunlum, but will it change the valuation of the, of the greater Sunlum business? No, it, I don't think it'll make a difference whether they paid a bargain price or not. I don't think it makes a big difference. And you mentioned earlier that you thought Sunlum was quite well run. Sunlum's been in the news uh, this week for a number of high-profile resignations, Helena mm -hmm. Conradi, uh, Lise Lambrecht, and then there were one or two others. Do we read into these resignations that there might be a few problems with the management or how would you view those kinds of uh, developments in a business when you view a, a company as to whether it's well managed or not from an investor's perspective? Yeah, so I, I think succession planning is, is part of uh, the management uh, responsibility in any business. And in a big business like Sunlum, I think I'd be very surprised if they didn't have proper succession planning in place. And it's also the natural life cycle. You know, um, people get in a job and they develop and they 
uh, and they do a good job. And after 20, 25 years, they want to move on to do something else, um, maybe something completely different. That, that, and that's quite natural. And I think in all the cases that we've read about in Salem, um, these, these people have done great jobs in their lines of businesses, and they probably want to move on to something else. And, uh, you know, Paul's come in uh, from the outside, and he probably also wants to build his team around him. Um, so, you know, there's uh, in, in fresh blood in a business, a big business like that is also not always a bad thing. So I think it's it's a natural thing. It's part of the life cycle of any any business, especially big businesses. I remember interviewing you years ago in the height of the, the property bubble and everybody was buying yeah. property and you were saying, yeah. hold back, you know, you could get your fingers burnt. Yeah. Uh, on today's show, we've got an interview with somebody on estate living. Do you think residential property and in particular South African luxury lifestyle estate properties are a good investment? No. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I rent. I don't, I don't own residential property. I rent. Um, I think it makes no financial sense at all. I do think it makes, um, it makes sense from security and, uh, you know, from a sense of belonging and all those issues. You know, I think owning a home um, makes sense from that. But as a financial investment, I don't think it makes sense at all. No. Can you just elaborate on why you don't think it makes sense? Well, the cost of home ownership is extremely high. If, if you take the frictional cost of buying and selling, all the brokerage and uh, taxes and everything you have to pay, number one, and then the cost of maintaining a house is is huge. It's it runs two to four percent per annum of the value of the house, and it tends to be lumpy as well. Uh, there's always a pipe breaking and a and a roof that needs to be fixed, and a geyser breaking, and there's always stuff happening. Um, and it needs to be painted every now and then. And the other thing that happens to house after about 10, 12 years, it becomes quite old and you need to remodel to keep it sort of in pristine condition. So the, all those things need to be taken into account. It's not only what you pay for it and what you can sell it for. There's a whole lot of costs that happen in between that uh, people tend not to take account of. I suppose the flip side is for many people, it's easier to buy property <clears throat> because they can borrow money from the bank with can be much harder to build a portfolio of shares and you know right now a lot of people are doing well in the stock market but it's probably a bit of a blip it's actually quite hard to find stocks and make money out of them as i'm sure that you found yourself from time to time yeah from time to time it's hard but the same goes with property as well i mean the the big advantage i I, i'd say the big advantage of property has there isn't a big board in front of your house flashing its price every day you know, where the price is up 1% or down 2%. You know, if that were to happen to everybody's house, they'd go crazy. And they'd be buying and selling houses left, right, and center. And unfortunately, that's what happens in the stock market. You know, the stock market is up a percent. People think they've done well. It's down 2%. They think they've done poorly. But over time, if you just collect the dividends and you and, and you sit back, um, the stock market does have a lot better than the property market. Uh, as long as you don't react to violent price moves, you know, sell at low points and buy at high points, then you'll do fine out of the stock market. But psychologically, very difficult because those prices are going up and down every day. And it, it's sort of, it's like casinos, flashing lights and, you know, there's stuff causing you to take action and you think you're in control when you take action and you're not really. Um, so that's the problem. And the, the great advantage for most people in owning a house is that, that uh, call to action is not there. That price going up and down every day is not there. That's a great advantage. Yeah, I don't think I'd sleep at night if I saw my property value flashing <laughs> in front of my eyes. And, Pete, we had some sad news today. One of South Africa's captains of industry, Jabba Mabuza, has died from complications of COVID. 
What do you think about the whole way that the government's dealing with COVID? Well, there's not a lot positive one can say about that. I think the vaccination process is a shambles. Um, I think lockdown is a terrible thing. I I don't think there's any space for lockdowns, should be any space for lockdowns. Um, I think uh, if they could effort the, if they could focus the effort, they put on regulations, regulating people's behavior, rather put that effort into rolling out the vaccines, everybody would be a lot better off. So there's not a lot of good to be said there. And I think the way it's being dealt with, and, and not only South Africa, I mean, the UK is probably even worse, uh, the way they dealt with it. I, I just uh, The only positive in the UK is actually rolling out the vaccines. Um, so it's it's actually a sad state of affairs in South Africa. But, you know, what would one expect? Uh, that's probably part of the course. And we spoke to Herman Mashaba this week as well, and he mentioned that he really wants to shake up South African politics. Uh, and for, for him, South Africa is much worse under Cyril Ramaphosa than it ever was under Jacob Zuma. He says at least we knew that Jacob Zuma was a thug. What is your view on South Africa? Do you think things are going to get better? Um, we have this we have this innate ability to to make things better in South Africa, uh, and it goes cyclically. Uh, sometimes it gets better and sometimes it gets worse. Um, our politicians don't help the cause, unfortunately. Um, uh, but, you know, to, to get ch- real change happening, I suppose you have to hit, hit rock bottom. And with load shedding and the problems of the vaccination rollout and so on, I th- you know, are we at rock bottom yet? I don't think so, but uh, we're probably closer to that than anything else. Um, so... Maybe people are starting to realise there are problems here, and uh, we could see some real change. But yeah, again, if one looks at trends around you uh, on this continent, then I guess you can't be too positive about positive political change. It's just not going to happen. Before we close our conversation, how do you feed these kinds of developments into your investment planning? Do they do they play a role at all? Oh, very much so. I, I think when you are planning your investments as a South African. You have to make sure you have a diversified portfolio. Even though South African assets are cheap, it would be foolhardy to have all your assets in, in South Africa because of the poor political environment, uh, the, the poor, the lack of trust between business and government, um, uh, lack of infrastructure development, uh, unavailability of uh, reasonably priced uh, energy. All those problems um, has a dampening effect on economic growth and if the economy isn't growing then companies will struggle to do well uh, so right now I think assets are quite cheap so you know whatever your allocation to South Africa would normally be which would be a portion of your portfolio a small portion you probably want a little bit more right now but I would not put all my money here I, I think it'd be foolhardy the big move today is in the gold shares. They're down quite a bit, and I think they're probably giving an opportunity to pick up some some uh, some companies that are generating very good cash flows at, at lower prices. But, again, daily movements are neither here nor there. Um, I don't think one should react to them uh, as a matter of course. Well, thank you. It's been a real pleasure having you with us here on the Business News Power Hour, Pete. Thank you. Thank you for speaking to me, Jackie. 